Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all but feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, we're having massive thunderstorms that keep browning me out. So, oh, so if I disappear, wonderful. you know, you'll know why. <laughs> we'll just vamp. We'll just vamp. We'll just it's vamp. All good. It'll be good. It'll be it'll fine. Be it'll be yeah, lovely. We'll I don't know work. who we is. You'll be ramp- vamping by yeah. yourself because I'll be gone. But yeah. Heaven knows I've talked to myself plenty, <laughs> Kelly. I'm going to be able to get by. Believe me. I know you can. <laughs> Oh, so speaking of laughter and loveliness, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk today about happiness and unconditional love. Two of my favorite subjects in the world. Me too. Where do we start with that? Well, so I just want to, I want to say that we have been talking about unconditional love and happiness for three years. (laughs) We just haven't called it that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All the work that we do. Uh, all of the, the advice that I give you guys, all of the, you know, this is our trauma and how to process it and everything else is really all in service to finding our happiness and being able to give and receive unconditional love. Right. And so this is not a new topic for us. We're just coming at it from a different angle today. And, uh, Colm Holland and I were talking and he, he looked at me, he's like, well, I need to couch everything in unconditional love because that's what I do. And I went and I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, I, that, that, that's actually what I do, too. <laughs> I just never talk about it. Then, you know, maybe I should. Right. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about that. And first thing I want to say is happiness is a choice. 
It's not a destination. Okay. We have a tendency to say, oh, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. And we move the bar every three seconds, right? It's like, oh, you got there? Okay, got to move the bar again, right? But happiness isn't about the outer world. It's not about when you've achieved something or when you've done something or where you get something or, you know, whatever. It is about how you choose to see the world right now. It's about living in gratitude. It's about being happy for what you have. Doesn't mean you don't want more. I want to be clear. It doesn't mean that you don't want more. You know, I am currently blissfully happy and I have big freaking plans, right? You know, I I am the big freaking plans girl, right? So, but not being at my end goal doesn't keep me from my happiness, right? And that's the differential, right? That what we don't recognize that we do when we say I'll be happy when is we're literally telling ourselves we're not allowed to be happy now because we haven't earned it. So we're not being able to be present in the moment, the joy of the moment, because we're so focused on that's my happy spot. What exactly. about here? Okay. Yeah. We're not present. You can't, in, you can't be happy if you're not present. If you're living in the future or you're living in the past, you can't be happy because happiness exists in the now. Right. And so happiness is literally about looking at your life and going, oh, I love that about my life and not immediately following it with a, oh, yeah, but this part sucks. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can hear your heads out there. I heard you, you know, then, which of course is because I lived there. So I get it. Right. Um, but what we're looking at is it's about choosing to be happy in spite of everything. Right. It's, it's seeing what's good. And yes, there will be years that are, you are happier than others. There will be moments where you are happier than others. Um, but as you choose your happiness, which if you're focused on it, what we focus on expands, right? So if you focus on your happiness instead of your misery, that is what expands because you choose more things that make you happy. When something, when you are focused on your happiness and something shows up that is bound to make you unhappy, you look at it and go, no, thank you. (laughs) Oh no, 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 thank you. I'm good right here. Yes, this sounds great. That sounds awful. How about no, right? And you focus on what makes you happy. But if you're focused on your misery and something shows up that's going to make you unhappy, you go, oh, yeah, I'm totally used to that. Yeah. More of the same. No fucking wonder, right? You just because you're already in your misery box, you're already like pulling through everything that has been horrible in your life and you're already focused on it. So what's one more thing? Fuck it. Right. Whereas, you know, when you focus on the on the positive, you go, the the opposite becomes dissonant, right? And it, it literally like grates up against you because it's no longer in alignment with where your focus is, right? So now this is not positive thinking to the exclusion of all other, right? That is not what I'm talking about here. I want to be very clear. Positive thinking comes out of this concept and then twists it in really fucked up ways, Okay. When people go down the positive thinking path, they go down the the path of the bright light and bunnies, 
right? Where everything is happy. And if I only focus on the positive, everything will be okay. That does not fucking work. I want to be clear. It doesn't fucking work. It, it is a way for your shadows to come and bite you in the ass, which we've talked about over and over and over again on this podcast. So the dividing line between what I said and, and the shadow side of positive thinking, because, you know, positive thinking is what I was talking about, right? In its purest form, in its original state, that's what it mean, means to be. But when you go into the shadow side, it becomes very tweaked. And so the differential is, am I being present to my pain? If I stop being present to my pain, then I have gone into the shadow side of the positive thinking, right? So you can say, I'm happy. So like right now, I am having all kinds of shit show up like everybody else, because I've got all the old trauma surfacing with all the, the pandemic trauma that I talked about a couple weeks ago. And I am present to it when it shows up. Okay. I'm with it. I am present to it. I am processing it. I am doing my self-inquiry work with it. And I am moving through it. I am not denying it. I am not pushing it away. I'm not ignoring it. I'm not pretending it's not there. Right. But I'm also not investing in it and going into it and going, oh, what was me? My life sucks. And oh, I'm so miserable. And oh, everything is terrible. And nobody loves me. And everybody hates me. And I think I'll eat some worms. No, I am just being with what's true and allowing it to to process through. Okay, I've got to I've got to touch on that because that is the finest of lines. That is the the I'm not investing in it, but I am working through it is such a thin line that we probably need to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I can explain to you exactly where that line is. Okay, so the line is um, I am making progress. I'm, I am being with the emotions and seeing what the underpinning story is and working through the story and unwinding the story and, and questioning the story, you know, doing Byron Katie's The Work is the best for sort of sitting with that, right? I'm working on the story. And the difference is working on the story or being in the story. If you are in the story, you are in your misery box. If you are working on the story, you are doing your work. So this is sort of pulling yourself out of the Meta. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you're in observer mode and you're looking at your story and going, wow, that's my story. Hmm. I wonder where that goes. I wonder where that comes from. Hmm. Oh, look, I'm really triggered by that. That's very interesting. What is going on there that's causing this, you know? And, but if you're in it going, <laughs> or if you're spiraling or you're, you're like spinning, then, you know, you are, you are having a problem and you are in your story rather than working on your story. And that is the difference between making progress and being in your misery box. Okay. And for those of you who are just joining us recently or haven't found this particular episode, there's an episode that's called the misery box that if this, if you're going, what's the misery box, go back and listen to that one. Okay. It's, it's really a good episode. So that's the difference. Okay. So if you want to be happy and be positive without going into the shadow side of the positive, you need to be present to your pain and working on it rather than being in it. Okay. And then being in gratitude for what you have. 
So all of this entails how we sort of exist in the moment so that we can appreciate the happiness of the now. We can acknowledge that there's still work to do. Happy Being happy and being able to be happy doesn't mean that other shit doesn't exist and that we don't have to work through. Uh, also, big note here, everyone, Kelly does not like positive thinking in its shadow side. So let's just make sure we write that one down. Because we're not gonna we're not gonna go there again. That was scary for those of us on the call. But here's the question, the transition question: How does this tie into unconditional love? And what is unconditional love? Let's let's do a define there because I think a lot of people get confused by this. Yeah. So unconditional love is simply the free flow of love without any thing attached. It right? is what it says it is. It right? is exactly I mean... <laughs> what it says it is. Right? It's it's. I love you regardless of how you behave. Now, I may not put up with your bullshit, but I'll still love you. Right. So it's the difference between saying your behavior is is unacceptable. You know, if, if you're a parent, for, for example, and, and this is usually where our unconditional love gets kind of tweaked. Right. As in in being parented or parenting. Right. You know, when you get to the point where you're like, OK, this behavior is unacceptable, right? It, it's the behavior is unacceptable, but you as the human are still loved and valued, right? And so that's the differential is being able to be really clear that what you're talking about is the behavior and not the person. I, I haven't stopped loving you because you've pissed me off or you've hurt me or whatever you did, right? I, I haven't stopped loving you. I still love you. Right. And this is something that that when Jeff and I were in the beginning part of our relationship, I would have to say to him is when I if I would get upset about something, I would say, I still love you. I'm not leaving you. And you pissed me right the fuck off. <laughs> this is this is not working for me for whatever it was. Right. And so, you know, sometimes in our relationships, that can be a really helpful thing to say, especially if you have a partner who has abandonment issues. Right. Easiest thing in the world to say, I'm really upset. I still love you. I'm not leaving, but we have to talk about this. Right. And that can actually bring your partner to a place where they can actually hear what you have to say and, and process it as opposed to not being able to and being in full defense mode because they will deny and de defend to avoid being abandoned. And if you say up front, I'm not leaving, I still love you, then that defense mechanism gets dif diffused and now you can actually process, right? So unconditional love, most of us are really good at giving it, right? Because it was demanded of us in our childhood, right? We had to, to give and give and give and without any sense of self and without any question, you know, we had to do what was expected of us. And, and we did it out of love. We did. Uh, Kathy works in Constellation, uh, works, you know, Constellation facilitation. And um, in the family Constellation model that she talks about all the time is, is this concept that um, children take on the, the parents' stuff, their pain, their trauma, their upset out of love. And we will take on absolutely anything out of love for our parents because we love them unconditionally, right? 
And so we're very good at the giving. Okay. Except when we get triggered, right? In which case we shut down and we pretend that we don't care anymore. We really do. We wouldn't be pissed off if we didn't care, right? If we, we actually didn't care, we would just turn around and leave and not, not look back and not anything, right? But we pretend we don't care. We shut down and we, we withdraw, not because we've actually stopped caring, but because we've been hurt and we're leaving before the other person gets a chance to leave us, right? Right. But we're actually not leaving. We're actually not withdrawing. We're actually not uninvested. We are super invested. <laughs> Just reacting. Right. So but the other side of the coin is the receiving of it. And because uh, love has been so fickle in our lives, because it has been used as a manipulation, because it has been used to gaslight us or because it has been used in ways that are unhealthy and nasty, icky feeling, or because we have been told that we are not worthy of it and or, right, we don't do so well at receiving it, okay? Which means we also are really good at giving unconditional love to everybody but ourselves. It is that crucial that we understand it, but it our brains are so twisted when we start this process that it doesn't make any sense to us, right? We go, well, why would I be kind to myself? I, I, I would be a lazy bum on the side of the road doing nothing if I was kind to myself. I would just, I would be useless, right? But that's not true. <laughs> it's counter to, to your beingness. I'm going to tell you right now, if you were kind to yourself, you would actually be a better human, not a worse human. I can promise you that because you wouldn't have moments where you get exhausted and tired and blow up at other people and, or, or, you know, completely withdraw from the world and ignore everybody for months on end. You know, I mean, it's just, oh, are you feeling a little called out? Sorry, not sorry, right? It, it's one of those things where it's, it's, these are the reactions that we have to being mean to ourselves and to allowing others to be mean to us too, right? It's when we learn to be our own advocates, to be our own best friends, to be our own unconditionally loving parent. Things begin to change in fundamental ways in our lives. It is through the internalization of unconditional love that we transcend the pain and become more than what we were. And when you can engage that process and combine it with the focus on happiness, life becomes something completely different. And, you know, that's a process. It's, it's not a, you know, one and done choice. If it, if it were that simple, uh, you know, everybody would do it. But the fact is that, that because our perspectives are skewed, it becomes uh, more challenging to find the pathway, right? It's like all the street signs are in, it's like if you speak English and all the street signs are in Cyrillic, right? <laughs> It's like, okay, well, that's problematic. The first step in this process is to start to be kind to yourself. And that means to refuse to abuse yourself. It means to allow other people to be kind to you and not push it away. It means to, to stop 
expecting yourself to be superhuman just to be good enough right Um, it's allowing yourself to be human it's allowing yourself to be hurt and ask for help right asking for help is not a sign of weakness it's actually a sign of strength and it's a sign of intelligence it goes oh look i need help okay you know um for many years i thought it was a sign of weakness and I would only take it if it came in sideways. <laughs> I'd only take the help if it came sideways. If they didn't say, oh, I'm going to help you. If instead they went, oh, you know, oh, you're doing that? I got the other end. Let's go. And I'm like, yeah, all right. We're in service to the task. I'll take your help there. Right? <laughs> that was the only way I was taking help, damn it. <laughs> well, I think it, it, it largely are. Our society, our cultures, especially here in the in the um, Western world, has such a skewed perspective on what love is that everybody feels that everything needs to be, you know, oh, I found unconditional love. But what they don't realize is that love is literally in, in the, all the colors of the rainbow. It, it, it really covers all parts of the basis and unconditional love is, is one of them that speaks almost, you know, there's so many people who say, oh, I'll do anything for that person. I love them unconditionally. Well, unconditional love isn't about I'll do anything for them. It's I want everything for them. And that's, and there's this difference that a lot of people have a hard time seeing there, I think. Oftentimes the person who says I'd do anything for them is all also the person who says they're mine. I own them right? They're mine. They don't say I own them, but that's what they mean. Right. And, and that is a, it's a condition is what it is. It's a condition, (laughs) right? You know, so long as you're mine, I'll do anything for you. That's a condition right there. You're mine. You can't be anyone else's, you know, and, and I do anything for you. Okay. And, and, you know, that's what we're trained societally to say, because we're supposed to own one another. And that can be a wonderful love for some people. It can be a wonderful love. If you are naturally monogamous and that is something that you choose for yourself and your your partner chooses the same, it can be absolutely wonderful, right? And it's not required. The key is to recognize that people are complex individuals. And I want to be clear because right now we're talking about romantic connection, romantic love, right? Um, but this is true for familial love, for, you know, parent to child, you know, child to parent, you know, friends, you know, f- love of your fellow person, you know, the whole nine yards, right? Uh, the, the point being that when we love, the more we can allow, and the, a lot of unconditional love is about allowing, right? It's about not trying to control. It's about allowing the other person to be who they are and reveling in that, right? Not just putting up with it, you know, because the word allow has a, a, a like a, I'm, a, you know, I'm still in control and I'm letting this happen, right? But I, it's not the way that I mean the word allow. I mean to be with, right? To, to not try to control, to, to, be present to the other person and in, in all of themselves, 
whether that part of themselves works for you or not. Right. And to, to then between the two of you come to an agreement of how you're going to be together. Right. And to choose your boundaries and enforce them in whatever, but to, to choose them from your side, not from the other person's side. Right. It's, it's, you know, I choose to be monogamous and I want to be with someone who is monogamous is a choice we were just talking about. Right. But if you partner with somebody who is polyamorous, well, then you have to choose. Do you want to be with someone who is monogamous or do you want to be with someone who is polyamorous? Because it's not unconditionally loving to ask someone to be something they're not. You know, you have to choose what you want to do. Do you want to change your position on how you're going to be with someone or do you not? And part of this is being unconditionally loving with yourself, not giving up your there. need. That's a totally important it's a huge. Part. That's why that's why that is alpha and omega in this is because if you start to put yourself to the side in order for this person you're then still giving up on that unconditional love component just with yourself the most important one you need to love. Yeah. I have a friend of mine who says never sacrifice in a relationship because you will always resent the other person for the sacrifice that you made. Yeah. It's so important to you that you brought up that this is not always uh, specifically romantic love. And that's part of that skewed construct that I, that I, I mentioned because so many people think that oh, romantic love has to be this or that unconditional love can be anybody, any, any connection you make, whether it's with a coworker or a friend, or it, it's this, the stranger feeling. on the street. It's yes, yeah. exactly. Somebody, it's just this feeling of, of, I want everything for this person. You know, it's that, it's that, I'm I'm so happy in their beingness, and I I I am fulfilled by that. Not not that you're leaning on them to make you happy, but it's just like you said, you're present with them, and it's it's that allowance component that is just such a beautiful thing. Yeah, my my husband Jeff laughs at me because you know we go into any new space, and and he walks away from me and comes back five minutes later. I've made a new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> he teases me about that all the time, and he's right. I do. Yeah. And it's because I walk up to every new person with this sense of, ooh, who are you? I'm super excited to get to know who you are. Oh, that sounds awesome. Tell me more, right? I'm just, I'm, I'm engaged. I'm excited. I'm, I'm totally open-hearted and waiting for them to share the brilliance of who they are with me. And it's, it's hard not to make friends when you come at the world that way, right? So, you know, so, uh, that is especially true today because so few people are actually present for one and two, you know, are open in any way because, you know, especially when I was living in the Northeast, I used to make a game of actually getting people to even look at me and smile. <laughs> I would smile at them and they would look at me like I'd lost my mind, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you scare people, you start doing that around here, Kelly. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I used to make a game out of it. I, I spent my first like six months in Boston trying to catch people's eyes and smile. <laughs> I got a lot of weird looks, man. <laughs> What's up, creeper? Like, what do you want? What do you want? I was like, I just want to smile at you. Sorry, lady. I don't have any change. I have a little love for you. Hi. <laughs> Okay, so with this, why don't we just 
important thing we talked about was you have to start by loving yourself. That's the, that's one of the key points. How do we do that? How do we, how do we work towards that? Yeah. So it's, it's a, as I said, it's a complex process because we have to unwind a lot of different pieces and parts that are in our heads. Uh, the, the very first step I would say is to reverse your priority list and put yourself at the top, which I know is immediately people are going to say, oh, I'm, I'm selfish. Like, no, no, there's a difference. The difference is when you put yourself at the top of your own priority list instead of the bottom, you are now giving from your overflow rather than from your emptiness. And so when you take care of you first, you have so much more to offer everyone else because you're not running on empty all the time. It's especially important right now because, man, life's just hard right now. You know, there's there's a lot of reasons for it. If you go and research the astrology, research the solar flares, the blah, what's it's the, you know, whatever's. There's a lot of reasons. You know, we're in the middle of the freaking apocalypse and big surprise. It's a little stressful. Right. So just a little bit, you know, pandemic, social upheaval, you know, what the fuck? Who cares? Right. No big deal. Right. Um, so, you know, right now is is the most important time to really focus on your self-care. And, you know, I feel like saying those words feels so trite. You know, I feel like a cliche saying, oh, focus on your self-care. Right. But the, the fact is that simply giving yourself half an hour of complete silence, you know, and complete silence I, I'm, I have to tell you, it's such an ADD world right now that I wouldn't even try for complete silence right now. I would literally go as far as saying, listen to a sound healing from here. Listen to, you know, get the Calm app and, and listen to a meditation from there. You know, do a guided meditation, something that will keep your focus because it is so hard to be just still right now because we are being constantly bombarded by new things every th- every three seconds, right? They say that it you get distracted by something new every eight seconds right now. Eight seconds of, st- of, of concentration. Is it any wonder we're going insane, right? Eight se- every eight seconds? Are you fucking kidding me? Right. So, yeah. So giving yourself... 15, 20 minutes of meditation, you know, is just a gift, right? And just slowly, slowly, slowly add time to that, right? You know, 15 minutes a day just for you, right? 20 minutes a day just for you, you know? If you can get outside, even better, you know, take a nice cup of tea or coffee and go sit outside and just be with nature. Don't don't bring your phone. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's actually a key thing. This weekend, I grabbed a cup of coffee and I, I did bring my phone, but I put it on Do Not Disturb and I put on I put on some some music and I threw my earbuds in and I just sat outside with my feet touching the grass and had and I'm just like. I just need to connect right now because the world is spinning at an enormous rate and I can take a half an hour to just do this. And and I did. And it, it made such a difference. It made such a difference. 
Yeah. If you can do that and not pick up your phone and go into TikTok or, you know, email or whatever, I think great. I can't. <laughs> I can listen to the music if I leave my phone in a different location than where I am. Yeah. And that's that's hard because I'm always connected. I am always what's popping up, what's going on. And it's like that's where you have to sort of try to break that for just a couple minutes. That's your 15 minutes. Do it slowly um, and figure that out. And and definitely put your phone on do not disturb when you do that, because otherwise the notification will ring in through your music, which is irritating. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what can people do with you to start to work on this? You got to have a program or something they can jump into. <laughs> got it. This is this is what the Inner Peace 101 program is designed for. Right. Um this is the, the beginning of the journey right there as Interpeace 101. And so it's really designed to take you very quickly through this process. Um, in the very first program, what we do is we deal with fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgment. And we build a foundation of self-support and courage, which all of those together build the foundation for unconditional love for yourself. As I said, it's a process. A lot of it's about really learning how to see differently, right? Um, getting a different perspective on things because the perspective that we grew up with is not the one that is the healthy way of seeing things. And, and it is literally, you know, half the battle to finding self-love is shifting your perspective, and then the other half is unwinding coping mechanisms. Easy work. All the easy stuff. Well, the hard stuff comes after that. So the hard stuff is when you start start unwinding the buttons and the triggers. That's when that's when you're getting into the shadow work, right? That's that's the harder stuff. But that's after the coping mechanisms and the perspective shift. Those are actually fairly um the perspective shift is hardest thing is like wrapping your head around it. It's it's like your brain goes, what? Up is down, down is up. What's going on? <laughs> I need to reorient. My head hurts. Right? Yeah, it's it's that. Uh, but that's really the hardest thing about the perspective shifts. The uh, the the coping mechanisms are a little bit. They require a little more discipline for you know in practice, right? Um, but. Once you have the perspective shift down, the motivation for doing the, the work becomes easier because you start to see things so differently and you start to feel so different that there's internal motivation to continue the process. And that just snowballs the more you do. You know, you're both building your, your proof that it works and you're building your skill set to make it work faster at the same time. And then, you know, you just, you get to, you get to be a, a, a spiritual growth junkie after a while. You're just like, give me more. Right. <laughs> well, for this and all your other spiritual growth junkie needs, go to <laughs> kellysparta.com and check out the program section yeah. <laughs> for all the things. For all the things. Well, this has been a really fun conversation. I, I I think it's funny that we are three years in and we're talking about what we've been talking about, but we're clarifying. We're clarifying as we move forward. Um, and, and in terms of that clarifying, you know, Kelly's always saying, please share, let people know what you like about the podcast. We want you to rate and subscribe. Let us know what you're thinking. And 
you, you say all the time, when you go into those groups and there's something that might be relevant, you've heard an episode of Spirit Sherpa that might be relevant to a conversation you have, don't spam. But if it's something that's relevant, share the episode. It might be nice for someone else to, to be part. Yeah. And we'd appreciate it. No doubt. So, no doubt. Yeah. All right. Somebody's done that recently because we just got a huge bump in listens in the last few days. So whoever it is, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the share. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the share. All right. So uh, Kellyism to wrap this up. Love yourself. You don't have to deserve it. You just get to love yourself because you exist. Nothing more needs to be said. Alpha and Omega. <laughs> All right, all that is all that we have for this week, but be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C., here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now. Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under a Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to www.creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up for or get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to www.kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions, with post-production by Christopher Wright. Into my home and my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing? But you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.